0: Welcome to the Geek to Geek Podcast, where I'm Beege and I'm not here with Void again. Uh, this week we have Katie from the Tea Time podcast with us. Uh, say hi, Katie. Hello. Hello. Every time I hear someone say that, it reminds me of Jon Stewart's Nancy Pelosi hello. I don't know if anybody ever watched that on the Daily <laughs> Show, but it was uh it's one of my favorite things whenever I hear someone say it, it's like hello. It, That's what it, I think of.
1: It reminds so, me of Mrs. Doubtfire, to be honest.
0: Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. There's an excellent episode of Fuller House that has a Mrs. Doubtfire reference in it, and it is in this newest season, it is ridiculous. So, anyway, that said, uh, if you don't know Katie from the Tea Time podcast on the network, uh, why don't you tell us who you are, what makes you awesome, what's your show about, all this.
1: Um, well, I am one half of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and we just talk about so on the show, we talk about basically anything that we really, really like and kind of give it more of a female perspective because um, we talk about everything from like movies to TV shows, to books, to music sometimes, to it's really funny when I talk about something that I really like and Chelsea's just sort of into it. it's <laughs> yeah. <always> really awkward. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's great
0: when. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't I don't really watch that. And I was like, oh OK. <laughs>
0: And then you just keep going and rambling about it like that. That's what I end up doing with uh, when I get excited about something and someone else does. Yeah, that's some of our best episodes have been just one sided where one of us is excited about something and the other one knows zero about it. So they're just there as a sounding board to ask questions if something either needs elucidating or clarifying something like that. So those are still good episodes, though. It's, uh, It's fun to do like that.
1: Yeah, we, um, so we just recorded yesterday, so Saturday, yesterday, about, um, what did we talk about? I don't even know. Oh, Dumplin', the Netflix movie. Oh, yeah. Uh. I had just watched the 300th episode of Supernatural and Chelsea doesn't watch Supernatural and I am only casually watching the show now, but I like went off on this rambling talking about it and she's like, you know what? She goes, why don't you just record like a 15 minute episode of you talking about the show? Because obviously you care and I don't know anything about it. So just name it 112.5 and put it out. And I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, where where you can do that and she doesn't have to listen to something she doesn't like or know anything about. That's awesome. Did you like Dumplin'? I got to ask because I haven't seen it. My wife uh, uh, did a girl's night to watch it and uh, they enjoyed it. Uh, Did you?
1: I loved it. You'll totally understand once you listen to the Tea Time episode when Chelsea just lets me have free reign talking about the guy that's in the movie. Uh, Like I just. Yeah.
0: And that's, you know, you talking about taking a female perspective on, uh, on it, like all the stuff that you like, like, I really, really like that. Like, that's one of the reasons that we love having you in the network is, is I don't want to say just for the, uh, the female perspective, not like that. You're the, uh, the, the token token ladies. It's, uh, it's that the entire thing is that we wanted non vitriolic, uh, like, hyper masculine angry nerd podcasts and your podcast is so not that that uh that as as far away from from that as we can get so i i love the way that you guys do that what? um I thanks. was just looking at uh, an episode. Well, not an episode. I was looking uh, before you and I even talked before we recorded about BTS coming to the States for uh, the Grammys that uh, I was like, I really need to go back and listen because I haven't listened to the K-pop episode that you guys did a while oh, back. <laughs> and I was like, I really need to listen to that. I saw the BTS stuff and I was just like, because I would trust you guys about BTS and uh, K-pop way more than just about anybody else on the Internet. So um, uh, thanks. So it's, I got to listen to that.
1: It's, so that's good. Sorry. So you'll like it. I,
0: I hope think. so. I'm I sure hope. I will so we uh that kind of segues into what we were talking about uh what we're gonna be talking about this week because we both just love stuff like we uh there's just everything that we get really excited about. I started writing a new blog recently and put it on the geek to geek site called Beach is excited about something and wants to talk about it because that's pretty much my personality and that's kind of the way that you are uh you were talking about how uh you just need to you sometimes you just need to talk about things and so. Basically, it's pop culture. Like, why did we get into pop culture specifically? What is it about this stuff that we like so much? And when we were brainstorming ideas and I was trying to think of of what we could do as a topic, it came up because... In my mind, because we do something like this where we're approaching all of these different topics instead of diving really deep into one and uh, just having this broad spectrum of pop culture, like what would make a person do that and love so many different things? So like, why pop culture for you?
1: It's kind of a variety of reasons. I've, I wasn't, it's interesting because I was looking back at like thinking about how I used to approach pop culture back when I was um, younger. So I'm 32 now, and okay, I was looking back as to when, uh, you know, I was in elementary, junior high, high school, how I approached pop culture then versus now. And I was, you know, super into like Buffy and Dawson's Creek and Angel, and like I watched tons and tons of like super popular shows during the time, but. I've realized that my level of obsession with pop culture is very different now than it was then. And I don't know if it's because I have money now and time <laughs> that I can, like, be obsessed with stuff. But I also think of uh, how I got into pop culture. And I think the, pr- the thing to blame is Harry Potter.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I call it my gateway fandom. Is harry potter because um it was the first time where i i didn't read the books when they came out um i didn't start reading the books until the very first movie came out mm-hmm. i went and saw it and i was like oh my god this is incredible i can't believe how immersive and amazing this film is that i like jumped back read i think the first four books out were already yep, out the first at that four point. were
0: out Yep, that's what I read. Because I did the exact same thing. Saw the movie, loved it, went and bought all the books.
1: Exactly. And so with Harry Potter came this like super immersive culture with it. And really, to me, it was like the first real definition of what a fandom is. And it was just sort of everywhere at the time. And Harry Potter movies and books were coming out for like 10 plus years. So it was like a super long period of time where you could consume one type of like media so it was like the books and then it was the films and it's you could just constantly be surrounded by harry potter and i think the next step up from that was when i figured out what tumblr was
0: oh no yeah oh no discovering (laughs) pop culture through tumblr the idea of that terrifies me well it's uh, I've, i've never been a tumblr person though
1: it wasn't Bad. So, my sister introduced me to Tumblr in, I think, like, 2011. So, okay. it was significantly much further on than when I had gotten invested in Harry Potter already. Because I was already, like, buying stuff. And, like, I had figurines and, like, all kinds of, like, memorabilia kind of knick-knacky things for Harry Potter. Yeah. But, like, Tumblr introduced me to, like, a whole other side of fandom culture. Because it was a place where everyone that's on there is really into the same thing that you are.
0: Yes. They are really into it. Like, uh, you can really get hardcore deep into that where you are immersed in it pretty much as much as you want to be.
1: Yeah. And it's not hard to get lost, especially on the dark side of Tumblr. But like, Mm -hmm. for me, that never really happened because I was still like, I was working a lot and I didn't have a lot of money. (laughs) Because I think right. it, during that time I was spending more of my money on going to concerts and stuff than I was like on pop culture things. But okay. I think the other side of it too for me was uh, Supernatural started when it was my last year in high school, so 2005, which is ridiculously long time ago. When you really oh no, li-
0: my last year of high school was 2001, so it okay. uh, that's even worse. So well, don't don't feel bad about that.
1: <laughs> no, it's more that like thinking about like that Supernatural's been on since 2005.
0: Yeah, now that is ridiculous. Thinking about that, because I remember like when they were doing season five as the final season, and then they got renewed again, where I thought that was crazy. And now they're on like season 7,000. So Yes,
1: it feels like 7,000, that's for sure. Um, but the thing was, is Supernatural was the first show that I ever went to a convention specific for that
0: show. Oh, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, so it was massive like my sister my mom and i like we love that show very much like even now even though i don't watch it um it's been two and a half years since i'd like actually sat down and like watched a new episode up until last week uh because i just it was going on for too long and i wasn't getting super interested anymore but uh we went to our very first supernatural con in burbank california and like we got to see jared and jensen in person and it was like misha collins was there it was like being there with them was an entirely different experience and i bet yeah so that was really where i started from that point on is when i started going to like more conventions so then i went from not just going to like supernatural con but then i started going to um like smaller conventions like i went to uh la comic con which used to be called kamikaze i went to Long Beach Comic Con, and I started going to like all of these different cons, like jumping off of that. Uh huh. So, like, <laughs> it just like Harry Potter started it, and then it's just continued on since then. <laughs>
0: So is there anything in particular right now? Like, you've fallen off of Supernatural for that. I mean, I th- Harry Potter is probably pretty solid, if that's been your uh, your rock of getting into mm-hmm. it, kind of like Star Wars is for me. It's mm-hmm. so like, even when I get out of it, um, there's still that subsurface level of, you know, keeping everything else afloat, no mm-hmm. matter what it is. Like, is there any main one that you have right now? Any fandom that you're really invested in?
1: Um, Unfortunately, like, okay, so... I kind of fell off of watching television uh within yeah. the last like year, and it's mostly because of um I have like the job that I have right now and because of my commute that there i don't I don't feel like watching TV when I get home and then I just yeah, don't watch it to keep up anymore. So the only two real time shows that I'm like trying to keep up on are. Uh, Roswell, New Mexico, which just started, which is the reboot of Roswell, which was originally on the which was on the WB back in the late nineties, early two thousands, yep. and I'm loving that show like so much, and I'm really surprised how much I really like it. And Riverdale, now,
0: you, you said it's a reboot? It's not a sequel to it. No, it, it's a it... reboot okay i wasn't sure on that i keep seeing the commercials uh in crazy ex-girlfriend and uh-huh. so i wasn't sure which it was and i never bothered to look it up it was one of those things like i'll look it up eventually but uh you say and i didn't realize it was a reboot of it okay
1: yeah it's a reboot so basically what they did was they just it's the same basic storyline they just made them older so in the original series they were in high school and this it's about 10 years after they graduated
0: okay. from high school
1: so they're older like uh max who's the the main one of the main characters he's works for the sheriff's department so he's a cop and then liz is a professor and but she's working at her dad's diner and then they also up the they changed up they made it more um diverse so like the original cast was okay. like a bunch of white kids this one is not so it's great
0: so they can actually deal with social issues they can deal with adult topics now kind of really modernize the take on it
1: yeah so they're dealing with um yeah they're dealing with all that stuff on top of they've also uh integrated more of the current social and political issues, so they also mentioned like immigration and ice and things like that, um illegal aliens plus like actual aliens and that kind of stuff <laughs> so they like,
0: oh yeah, I bet there are a whole lot of really fun metaphors and uh and analogies they can go with on that that one hadn't even crossed my mind.
1: Yeah, so they they're doing really great with that show and then I'm on on knowingly interested and addicted to Riverdale for who knows what reasons.
0: I see you post about it and I just can't like every I've never seen a full episode. Let me (laughs) let me put that out there. I've never seen a full episode, but literally every clip I've ever seen is a hard pass. And but I hear so many people love it. That's the thing. It's like I'm not I, I don't doubt that it's a great show if that's what you're looking for. It's just so hard for me to be like,
1: I can't sit down and do it. I just can't do it. It's. It's super over dramatic. It's like this generation's Dawson's Creek, which was hilarious that somebody had like made that comparison. But oh man, it would be like if Dawson's Creek was made now, it'd be like Riverdale. To be honest,
0: that's you're right. Yeah, because Dawson's Creek is super nineties. Like oh, yeah. you cannot escape the nineties in it. So yeah, I could I can totally see that because yeah. at the time it was so high drama for us, and now it's like oh you you so cute. <laughs> I know you Van de Beek.
1: I still I still love Dawson's Creek even now. Like I'm super, super addicted to Dawson's Creek, like I am to Harry Potter. So it's
0: I haven't okay. seen Dawson's Creek in so long, but I loved it.
1: I'm I'm listening to a podcast. I talk about it all the time. I'm sure you hear me talk about it all the time on Tea Time, which is uh Dawson's Speak, a podcast uh-huh. about Dawson's Creek. And I actually am like I'm becoming really good friends with one of the co-hosts, Tracy, because she lives in Los Angeles. So like she and I meet up once a month for dinner.
0: And, oh, like, cool. Talk
1: about Dawson's Creek because she can't talk about it to her co-host because he's watching the show for the first time. So she and I meet up and talk about spoilers. That's what we oh, do. Oh,
0: that's awesome. That's fantastic. Like those that kind of thing is why I love podcasting is being able to meet those kinds of people and actually make a real-world friendship with it.
1: Yeah. I'm like I love that uh cuz Tracy listens to Tea Time too and so like we talk about our podcasts and like I love that That's how I met her is through the podcast. It makes me really, it makes me really happy. But um,
0: that is awesome.
1: Oh, you asked me about uh, more.
0: So like, well, with, with that, uh, like you're meeting her through the podcast, Mm -hmm. you're, uh, you're, you're into these fandoms. You're, you're right now into Roswell and you've always been like in a fandom. So since once you found it, you were doing fandoms. I mean, that was your thing. Mm hmm. When did this transition from just going to cons into like, did you blog first or were you podcasting? Like, how did you get into doing what you're doing right now with Tea Time? Okay. What led you there?
1: So this actually all started in grad school, my first year of grad school, actually, um, which I had gotten into live tweeting uh, episodes of shows on the CW. So like Arrow, The Flash, Supernatural, Supergirl. Like I was really into tweet, like live tweeting and getting like a lot of times, like my tweets would get liked or retweeted by the TV show, which was always like, I'd always get really excited about it, which is always like kind of dumb, but also like really amazing at the same time. Yeah.
0: Like, it's so good. Like, I love doing that. Like, it it does. It makes you feel good. It's like, oh, it's like when we saw Mickey Mouse at Disney, it's like Mm -hmm. we were starstruck. It's like, there's no reason to be. It's a, it's a dude in a suit, but, or actually a lady in a suit, but it's like, I'm so starstruck. You're Mickey Mouse. It's the real Mickey Mouse. So I understand. It's like Wendy's liked my tweet or something like that. It's it. It is.
1: Yeah. And so because of that, um, there was a podcast slash blogging site called Temple of Geek that noticed one of my tweets or something. And their person that was running the site at the time, or I think he still does. I'm not really sure anymore. um, Reached out and asked me if I had ever podcasted before and whether or not i would be interested in podcasting and i was like i don't know what a podcast is i've never listened to a podcast but why not i'm not doing anything because i don't have a car and it's snowing like (laughs)
0: that's fair that's good reason good podcasting uh, environment
1: yeah so i started doing podcasts with temple of geek uh for a short time and then i didn't initially blog I was just going to do podcasting cuz I didn't think I had the time between like class and work and stuff yeah but an episode of supernatural aired that like really made me super angry cuz it had a character death that was just it made me so like I'm still angry thinking about it now and it's been like years um <laughs> and so I asked I was like hey can I write a blog about this because I'm like angry and he was like, sure, go ahead. And then like, I wrote this blog and it was like one of the more popular ones that was on the site at the time. Awesome. And from then on, I started blogging more. And then when I w- I was the only person who lived in California, because like I was in Connecticut at the time, but I would go home for the summer. Oh, and okay. when during con season. So uh, he asked me like, oh, do you want to start doing press stuff? Like press passes and all kinds of stuff. And then I got like, super into that. And like, I have like hanging above my desk, I have all of the press passes I've ever gotten.
0: That's awesome.
1: So I have a ton and I've been to like a bunch of different cons as press. I've been to things that I probably shouldn't have gone to as press. Um, But that's how I like got super into like blogging and then being a part of cons and like going to cons and like learning how to be sort of a press person
0: kind of that's really cool
1: yeah i don't do any of that anymore which is i'm like i mean i could start blogging again because i can blog on the on the geek to geek site like the geek to geek yeah absolutely so but i just haven't like my problem is like like (laughs) it's not like time but it's more like making myself commit to doing something on a regular basis
0: yeah, that's the hardest thing in yep. terms of blogging. Like podcasting to me is easier than blogging. Yeah. Because you can sit down, you can talk. I don't know, I don't know why, because there's a lot more that actually goes into podcasting to do it well in my opinion, in my in my eyes my experience at least. And the uh but blogging for some reason feels like so much more of a commitment and I don't I can't really place my finger on what it is other than just that it's writing.
1: It's I think it's more that you have to, like, think more about how you say things, whereas this is more of just, like, a conversation, um, like, because you're talking to another person or you're talking to the audience, whereas, like, blogging, you have to write it in a way to where, like, I don't know, it's just, it's harder. It's just so much harder because you have to think harder. You're thinking harder about what you're going to say, and then you get concerned, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, and you have to go back and erase it and yeah fix it and then there's like oh i have to also include media like pictures or videos and like i have to think about what picture i want or what gif i want like uh-huh. it's i feel like it's a bit harder like podcasting like it's more difficult behind the scenes i feel like than it is having this convers like talking to you like that's yeah. not that's not super difficult because like it's just easy to talk whereas like editing and making the post for it and making sure that the audio sounds nice. And like all that stuff is harder than just, yeah, it's way
0: harder. I'm so glad for void taking care of that. So when I've been doing this over the last few weeks, the audio has taken a considerable hit and that is because I'm not good at it. So I am, I'm all about candor and having a conversation with minimal edits so that, uh, because it sounds even worse when I've tried. So, uh, yeah. So that's, I understand. I understand the the work that goes in to make a good quality podcast behind the scenes. (laughs) So with that, like, if you stopped blogging and doing that, where did Tea Time come in with all this? Like, what got you podcasting? If you're not doing it with Temple of Geek anymore, why do do Tea Time, uh, which is a pop culture uh, podcast?
1: So uh, when I started with Temple of Geek, I didn't actually know Chelsea. Okay. So Chelsea and I met through mutual friends and uh, we sort of bonded because she got angry at me for watching The Veronica Mars movie for ha- and not ever having seen the show.
0: So Oh yeah, you should have seen the show first. Well,
1: I mean, it didn't it didn't make the movie any less entertaining. I just didn't understand some of the stuff so
0: right the context was completely missing for you
1: yeah i mean now because like i watched the whole show and now i'm just like it makes me love it even more than i had already loved it before um but the thing was, is like Chelsea got mad at me because Veronica Mars is one of her favorite shows. So she gave me her mm-hmm. DVDs of seasons one through three and her phone number. And she's like, text me while you're watching it. And I was like, this is a mistake because she, then she ended up getting for like a month. She got like broken text messages of like, oh, my God, this is so great. And she's like, what are you watching? And I was like, but I did like all this stuff. And I'm just like sending her broken messages of things. She's like, what episode are you on? What are you watching? What are you doing? I was like, you asked for this. I'm like,
0: yep. And um, that is absolutely true. Yeah. And it's great. It's great. If if anybody out there has not watched Veronica Mars, there is a reason that you, you would get excited, broken texts. Like there's oh, yeah. there's just too much. It's so good.
1: It's incredible. And so Chelsea and I kind of bonded over that. And then I finished up grad school and came home to finish my thesis. And then I couldn't get hired for like a year and a half. So I was unemployed and Chelsea was semi-unemployed. So uh, I decided I was going to watch Gilmore Girls and that's her ultimate favorite show. So for about six months, Chelsea and I swapped off coming to each other's houses and watching Gilmore Girls together because she wanted to be there while I watched the show for the first time. So, I get that That's like how we like super bonded. And I got her into Temple of Geek as well. So, like she was also podcasting. and then she was my f- personal photographer for cons. So, like, when we would go to awesome. cons or things, she'd come with me. And, um, we were on Temple of Geek. I know this sounds like super awful, like now that, like every time I talk about it, it just sounds really bad. But, like, Uh, We were the only female voices on that show. And a lot of times we would want to talk about more feminine things. So like ships or OTPs or like characters that we really like together. Things like that. Or like, and they would get mad. They're like, Uh, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about
0: that. Like legit mad, like upset or irritated, I guess.
1: Irritated. And so I sort of got fed up with it because i didn't get to talk about the things that i wanted to talk about so like chelsea and i started talking about like dude we should start our own podcast like we've been doing this long enough we i think we could do it so we decided like fine let's do this so we had actually gone to the movies to go see me before you and cried our eyes out in the theater came back to my house and recorded our first podcast about that's awesome
0: Just kind of like that. Just like, yeah, we're going to do this.
1: Yep. And my friend Joe, uh, not Joe Hogan, but uh, a different Joe. He's a reporter who lives in San Antonio now, Joe Galley. Okay. I had told him that we were going to start, Chelsea and I were going to start a podcast. And he goes, oh, you should call it Tea Time. And that's where the name of our podcast came from. (laughs)
0: That's awesome because I'm I'm jealous of that because it took Void and me so long mm-hmm. to find a name that we really liked and, and wanted to go with. So that's uh, having one that just kind of comes by so easily. It's like, I'm so jealous of y'all.
1: Yeah. And it's been it's been a road. That's for sure. Since we started. Just a that. road. Yeah. I mean, it's been great because the podcast has become the one way that I know I'm guaranteed to talk to Chelsea at least right once a week. I talked to her all the time, but like have face-to-face time over the computer with her once a week is because of the podcast. And uh I mean I went all the way back to Ireland to go see her again for our you know our anniversary episode. So cool. And I got to be her maid of honor in her wedding. And <laughs> so I mean like this podcast really like Bonded Chelsea and I together, and I don't think we'll ever not be friends.
0: So that's that's amazing. And I'm I feel that way about Void Mm -hmm. that we had known each other, we had seen we had never like hung out in real life, and we still haven't to this day. But it's uh, it's one of those things like we knew each other, we talked a lot, and now it's like we haven't done this in three weeks, I think it's three weeks, and now. I miss him. It's like, I know we're really excited to get back to podcasting so that we can talk that we've just been texting and tweeting and stuff between us. It's not Mm -hmm. the same. And uh, so I I totally understand that. And I think that's so awesome that, that, that bonded you guys like that, that you, you really became better friends for doing it. And uh, how long have you guys been doing that? You're pretty far into the show. Like you have dozens and dozens and dozens of episodes.
1: Um, So you have, 112
0: tomorrow 112
1: okay um we've been doing this for two years now i think it'll be three in the fall because our first episode was posted right before right after the gilmore girls revival happened because that's what we were aiming for (laughs) was to post our show before it happened because um one of our first episodes was actually an interview that we did with the woman uh Christy Carlson who wrote the Eat Like a Gilmore cookbook. Like So cool. Yeah, we we Chelsea was like, I'm gonna just ask her if she wants to be interviewed. So we interviewed her. And that was like, I think our third episode that we posted.
0: So that is that, that's something I've learned that that if you ask, a lot of people will say yes. Yeah. That they they want to talk about their stuff to get it out there to pretty much any audience they can mm-hmm. that uh if you're nice about it. That's that's fantastic. I didn't know that. I haven't listened to that episode. That's great.
1: Yeah, that's like super far back in our backlog. And you can tell like how awful like our podcasting was back then versus now. It's really funny. Um,
0: yeah, that's that. I think that's everybody yeah. where you want to go back and re-edit and re-record, but it's like there's not any reason to. So it's yeah. like I got better over the course.
1: Yeah, and it's, so, it's great. So. <laughs>
0: So like, I'm curious, like all this pop culture stuff and I'm seeing in your notes that you did media criticism in grad school Mm -hmm. that, uh, that, so tell me about that because I did the same thing. Like, this is something that I can totally latch on to is, uh, this media criticism in terms of academics.
1: Yeah. So I was, uh, I did not go to grad school for, um, like anything pop culturally or communications or anything like that. I was in school for, I was getting my master's degree in general psychology, but oh, okay. uh, I talked to my advisor and she told me that I could take a class outside of my major if I really wanted to, because it was such a general program that like, there weren't a lot of classes that I was allowed to be in because right. it was just like, you can take classes in this and that, but like, you're not allowed to take classes in the clinical stuff. And I'm like, oh, all right.
0: Well, that, oh, yeah. It was, it was, you're like, getting into psychology. and You can't do clinicals
1: i mean it's i mean it made sense It's because like the classes were so small because i went to such a small private university so it was like oh, it makes yeah. sense um so i found this class in the communications uh like master's program called media criticisms and i was super into pop culture obviously already so this whole class all they did was talk about they'd spend a week on different shows like different tv shows and like <laughs> talking about it from like a uh, educational academic perspective, and mm-hmm. it was one of the best classes I've ever taken.
0: <laughs> and I want to say just to everybody out there, like you're that that if you have an opportunity to take a pop culture themed class a, and anything aimed at media and is doing academic work on pop culture and popular media, take it because they have been, I'm 100% there with you, the best experiences in school that I've ever had.
1: It's, it's, it's a very different perspective because you're reading these like research papers that people have spent a lot of time, uh, breaking down different types of media and like different TV shows and stuff. And like really getting into like the tropes and the themes and the different aspects that they focus on in the shows. And like we talked about, I mean, the big thing that drew me to the class was because we were going to spend the last week talking about a book that somebody had written, deconstructing the show, the OC.
0: Oh, cool. And
1: because I grew up in, you know, in SoCal, I was like, Oh, I'm in because these people are going to have no idea about like how like California life really is compared to how they portray it on that show. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And I mean, they talked about the Kardashians, and they talked about uh, we talked about the um, how people in the United States really like watching TV shows that have to do with the justice system.
0: Yeah, don't know why, but but yeah, super popular. Yeah,
1: and so we did a lot of different stuff, and then one of the like the big thing for the class was we had to write a paper and make a presentation to class about a piece of media that we really like, and then. Use the things that we like, like the different tools and knowledge that we had gained throughout the class to kind of deconstruct what the piece of media that we chose. So I picked season, the first six episodes of season two of Arrow.
0: Okay. That's what I wrote about. Very good TV.
1: Yeah. And I was like super, super into Arrow at the time. So what I talked about was their portrayal of masculinity and femininity as well as vigilante justice in the show wow, and did- it was and like they actually asked me to present at a conference like for the school that they hosted every year and i was like all was right sweet.
0: yeah i was about to ask it says a conference and i'm like which one did you go to pca like what did you do no it's uh
1: it was just a small conference that they do for um for the communications department that takes place on on campus and then they invite like a bunch of different Professors from different cl- like schools on the, on the East Coast and yeah. different stuff. So I got put into a group and I gave my PowerPoint presentation on my paper, and I talked about like how that show pushes more of like uh, portraying masculinity as like in the forefront. So like that's why like Steven Amell always never has a shirt on for yep. like unknown reasons. Like oh he doesn't have a shirt on, but why? Just cause. And it's like, like
0: let's watch Stephen Amell do a Jacob's Ladder for a while. Like, okay, yeah. you can have this discussion while doing that. Of course, you can. Yeah.
1: And so, but the big thing that I was pushing in my paper that I didn't that there's a paper that I that I read um, by Susan Douglas, and it was called Warrior Warrior Women in Thongs. That was the name <laughs> <of my
0: paper. laughs> that would be awesome.
1: And it talked about the portrayal of women in strong leading roles. So it talked about Wonder Woman, Xena, and Buffy. And like yeah. some of the other ones and talking about how um, you can have strong female characters like that, that doesn't sacrifice their femininity for their strength. And sometimes they use their uh, femininity as a way to like mask how strong they are, but it doesn't mm-hmm. take away from their character. And I used it to describe um, Katie Cassidy's character and uh, Felicity. Because Felicity was like that, where, like, she was a brilliant computer scientist and just amazing in every possible way. But she wears, like, short, tight dresses and, like, some of the clothes that she wears. And that doesn't take away from, like, her being, like, a super smart badass, so.
0: Mm -mm. Not at all. It adds to it in so many different ways, and they they end up working with that throughout the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you and you know, I don't know what you ship on that show, but one of the things that actually made me stop watching Arrow was when they put uh, Felicity and uh, Oliver together. How dare you? That I, I hated it that they needed to just be friends. There was no reason for them to be romantic when there were so many other romantic uh, way- avenues that they could have taken them. So I was like, you're just falling into a cliche on this one, guys. And it actually put me so far out of the show that I stopped watching it. How dare you? I know, Elizabeth I know, forever. I know. no, no way. Um, so so I was kind of the same way in that when I discovered all of this, except it wasn't uh, except I ended up where you were, where it was the uh, the TV discussions and really digging in on particular arcs and ideas. When I was in college, my first freshman composition class used uh, the Dark Knight Returns, the Batman comic as a textbook in there where I'm not sure how your freshman comp classes were. But did you guys have like essay readers and things like that that you read and then wrote responses to?
1: Yeah, but it wasn't cool like that.
0: Yeah, one of ours turned out to just be The Dark Knight Returns. And so he was teaching us how to analyze literature through this to be able to talk about issues that were presented in it. And then the next semester, it was all comic books that he did an entire uh, semester on The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's Daredevil. Uh, Sandman's uh, Dream Country, I think, was the one—the uh, one with Midsummer Night's Dream in it—that um, we did. Uh, Will Eisner stuff, just all sorts of, of of comic-related stuff. And I realized that I could do that for a living. That this this professor was teaching uh, at the college level comic books. Like my entire semester was comics and. That really put me on the path of if I can do this for a living and I've loved this kind of thing my entire life, that got me into pop culture more than just being a nerd about video games or anything else. It's like I can finally look at this stuff that I love and there's value to it.
1: Wow. I wish my classes had been like that. (laughs)
0: It was super awesome. And so as I was teaching, like for me, that had always stuck there, that there was value in it. That that was the big thing that Dr. Buchanan had really drilled into us was that there was value in looking at this stuff. Kind of like your media criticisms class was like teaching you to look at like the portrayal of masculinity and femininity and arrow, that that there is something being said there and they're doing this purposefully. So as I moved forward, for me, it was the value in it's like we have to be the gatekeepers of this stuff that somebody has to look at this like what is classic literature now? Somebody looked at over the last 500 years and decided this is worth keeping alive and people need to experience this because there's something important in it. And what that's what just thinking about that alone made me want to get into pop culture stuff to be able to say and be part of the conversation of we need to talk about this more or this is garbage and we need to forget about it uh, because somebody did that at some point for everything that's a classic right now. Shakespeare was Stephen King back then mm-hmm. I mean he was for the populace. I mean his stuff was was matinee fodder that you go to for uh, as a as an afternoon to do. I mean, it was just popular literature at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I, I wanted to say, I had obviously had lots of things to say about this that I couldn't say in an academic paper. Like I was presenting papers like you, I was talking about Willy Wonka was my first one. Oh my God. Uh, I, my first conference presentation was on Willy Wonka is a villain. Oh. And, uh, Nice. Because he is a terrifying human being who uh, abuses and tortures those children. And uh, they mask it through uh, joviality and uh, just making him appear like he's doing everything for their own good. Mm-hmm. But he is a psychopath. Oh, yeah. And fantastic experience presenting at a conference that way. And so I wanted to blog about this stuff, too. And uh, so I started. That's where I actually got the Professor Beach name that uh I started ProfessorBeech.com back in 2008 and started blogging about it, uh, about trying to... uh, I wanted to be a pop culture blog that actually had something to say that wasn't just another TV recap blog or uh, EW.com was really the main kind of thing that I read at the time with recaps and uh, very surface-level analysis of things. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, wanting to legitimize it in a way wanted to be part of the way that uh because even in 2008 that was before iron man came out Mm -hmm. that was before uh everybody went nuts about the mcu and it became a thing and nerds really took over it was like i really wanted to show that 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 we were just people that there was worth to what we were doing And uh, it made me uh, really, really excited to get involved in these conversations. And as I start, as I kept doing it, you know, it was moving forward into where we are now with all of this, where uh, nerds are the popular ones right now. Like this, this is a bubble. I have no doubt. Have you thought about that before? Like all of the uh, nerd stuff everywhere that is going to collapse again sometime soon?
1: I really hope it doesn't because we worked so hard to get ourselves out from being made fun of.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just so afraid that it's a bubble like the tech bubble in the in the late 90s. Like, I'm really, really hoping that it's not um, because I just can't help feeling that it is like because we're getting so saturated with it because there's so much Marvel, so much uh, DC, so much comic book superhero stuff. But it's like as I watch this stuff happen, it's like I constantly had things to say. So I kept blogging and blogging about it and wanting to, to just talk about pop culture. Anything I had to say, I wanted to to do it. And that is, I don't know how much uh, like marketing and, and stuff like that, like you've uh, looked into for uh, like, what you need to make a successful blog and podcast and all that stuff. Uh Then out there, the listeners as well, but you always hear, I've always heard that you need to drill down into a very specific niche that you have to have a very narrow focus to be able to truly succeed with your uh, project. And I just like, I wanted to talk about pop culture. I love everything. It's like, I, I like, I like all this stuff and I want to talk to people about it. Kind of like you were with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's talk about this. And uh so that's really what got me to the podcasting part. Like it was I know that people who have listened to uh to us before have had us mention and it's like we didn't want to be two negative Nancys on here talking about like how much we hated the stuff that we loved. Like that's what I love about y'all show is that you don't talk about how don't you? you don't talk about how much you hate it. Like there's so many people who whose YouTube channels and podcasts are based around here is this property that we care about. This is why we hate it. Like this is what it's doing wrong. And I'm like, why do you focus on that? It's like there has to be a a positive to all of this. Like there, there, you don't have to hate things to be able to love them. You don't have to be this angry pop culture person. And I think that's a stereotype that all of us need to try to get out of.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's okay to be mad about something that you love, especially when things change. But it's being angry about it in a constructive way, um, where you can be upset about something, but still be happy about it. So, like, when I started blogging, like, I was really upset in particular about that one episode, because they killed off a character, but they didn't do that character justice. Like, it was a... 30 minute death, 30 second death scene after a commercial break. And I was like super mad about it because they like built up that character and then just killed them off with no rhyme or reason. And they didn't even give the person a proper like death scene. So for those reasons, I was mad, but it didn't make me angry at the show itself. It was just more like, Oh, I'm just mad about this one episode. And I have things to say because like they should have done it better. And yeah, like, but we all it's, you know, hindsight's 2020. Like there's always like always you could have done it better. But there's no no changing it like they couldn't fix it. Mm -mm. (laughs) So it's and that's done. So.
0: Yeah. And when it's like that, like when it when it's done like that, it's the the anger and negativity that tends to go into it that I really have a hard time understanding, because I think it's because of my academic base. And I wonder if uh, the media criticisms class affected you, too, in the same way where the it's called media criticisms, but. We learned that I learned, at least I'm sure that the teacher talked about it in yours as well, that criticism isn't inherently negative, Mm -hmm. that the that the that critiquing something can be just as positive as anything else that you may not even have a negative aspect of it. But you're it's just the examination of it is what criticism is And so many people, whenever you uh, don't understand that you can be critical without bashing something. And I think that's a big part of pop culture studies and even the pop culture community is that uh, they look at we need to be critical of this being negative. But being critical of something doesn't have to be that way. And it's hard to get that across to people.
1: Yeah, I've learned a lot about like fandom culture and stuff over the last like decade and there's a lot of toxic fandom culture out there like chelsea and i did an episode about when fans react badly to something (laughs) in a piece of media that we like like so we talked about like how fans react so negatively to things and whereas like a lot of people are just kind of like okay but like we don't get to make those decisions like that's not our choice like we can either just like it or don't like it like just take it for what it is and i've learned a lot about like how toxic fandom culture can be since i've gotten into k-pop which is like an entirely Um. different thing that i've ever experienced and like i try i stay out of it but like i hear stories about things that like people have done to like other people that like bands like if you like a particular person and like you know how some fans actually treat the band and i'm just like these are people
0: Man, see, and I know nothing about that. That's part of a fandom with with and I, that I've known there's drama there, that I know there's a bunch of that that I know zero about. I've never even looked at it. I've just heard about the fringes of it, how intense the fandoms can be. It's
1: it's it can be overwhelming at times because like I actually experienced just how toxic it can be when I was watching Once Upon a Time because There are some fans that that get really into a ship that's maybe not part of the show. So it's like not canon, but they like stick so heavily to that that when they put the actual people that are together in the show that are not the ship that you like, that they get like really mean about it and like attacking the actors. And I'm like, it's not their fault or like bringing the viewership of the show down. I'm like, you're just going to get it canceled. Like, what are you doing? Yeah
0: yeah and that's what that's exactly what i'm talking about with the being negative with the criticisms it's stuff like that that i don't that i do not get
1: no it's it's like can't we just be happy that we get to consume this media and and you can be mad about it but like you don't have to be like mean about it like just be mad and then move on
0: I think that's uh, I think that's a really, really good that's gonna be the quote for the episode, I believe. Uh don't be mean or just be happy about it. I mean that's That sounds great. It, it, it is. I mean like it uh, that's, that's, that is like the best way to approach life, in my opinion. It's like, there's no reason to be mean. Just be happy about it. Like, I feel that way about The Last Jedi. I actually stopped associating myself as a, uh, as a fan of Star Wars online and in conversations with people because of how poorly people were acting about The Last Jedi that I didn't want to be lumped into those angry, angry people.
1: That's a lot of nerd rage. And it wasn't
0: just because I liked the movie. What was that? I'm sorry. I
1: said it's just a whole lot of nerd rage around the star around the Star Wars like <laughs> fandom. Oh, it was. So much.
0: Oh, it is. I saw, like, I, there's still so much out there. And if you're a listener and you don't like The Last Jedi, I totally understand. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the uh, the people who, uh, like, boycott Star Wars and legit, like, raised money to uh, try to overthrow Disney and Star Wars and do this. Again, I'm like, no, guys. We love Star Wars. We're getting an, a lot more Star Wars. Like, you don't have to be mean about it, like you said.
1: Yeah. It's unnecessary. It's that,
0: it is. I mean, you. Don't, I don't. I don't. I don't get that. Uh, now, did you get any? You know, speaking of the K-pop uh, stuff and the, the 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 negativity that can be there, did you get any kind of? Uh, I like I said earlier. I haven't listened to the K-pop episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and listen to it soon. Mm-hmm. Did you get any negativity based on the things that y'all said in it?
1: Um, we didn't hear anything. I just think it's because um, K-pop just like exploded here within the last couple of years Mm -hmm. so it's been it's still relatively new and it's like the thing is is that like k-pop is kind of this like niche that hasn't really pushed over so i don't know if people are tired of listening to us talk about it like we did the one episode and chelsea and i talk about it all the time and we mention it in our geekery mostly every week mostly because like there's so much to consume that like i'm still yeah. working on it and so we talk about the things that we are super into and like and then we just kind of move on so we haven't received any negativity from it which is like great because like I'm very scared about the day that I received some sort of negative <laughs> like we got we've gotten one negative criticism I think like throughout our entire podcast and it was only from a person who thought I was spending too much money
0: <laughs> well that's uh that is i understand that it's like yo what are you doing <laughs> i get it i it's like but, maybe you need to chill
1: but, but like it's it's been interesting especially like because um it's still so new and i'm sure that like my family is sick and tired of me talking about it so i try to like keep it within the chat that i have with chelsea and our friend d and i hang out with d a lot so that we can like k-pop fangirl all the time and we go to a music store in koreatown uh that only has k-pop stuff so like i've found the people that i can like like fan out with fangirl with and then i just sort of like keep it there like i try to keep it there
0: but i understand that like i feel people did that with uh, me and hamilton because i seriously went a full year where there was nothing else i listened to other than the soundtrack for <laughs> hamilton like that's all i listened to like like if something was on obviously i listened to it but when i purposefully picked music to have on always hamilton whether i was running whether i was driving whether i was wandering around the house Hamilton. And I'm, I know people got really tired of listening to me talk about how amazing it was at that point. I, uh, yeah. so I, I understand the K pop sentiment there that it's like, dude, I know Hamilton. Yeah. It's, and it's like,
1: uh, dude, we know you like BTS. And I'm like, I know. They were like, stop talking about it. I'm <laughs> like, okay
0: and of course it's bts that you like you can't like you have to like the big one
1: well i they were like the first ones that i that i like started with
0: right Um, okay
1: but trust me like i am i am a like hardcore into this newer band that's only been out for like 100 days called ATs. that was the group i was trying to get tickets for that i was like super overly like having a serious anxiety attack over and then i didn't even get the tickets
0: um, yeah, y'all, y'all listening? Don't uh, that that is an end joke or in, inside story during our our uh, our geek to geek slack that we have. We were talking about it, and she was super intense about these tickets was, that uh, she needed to get, like timing yeah. and uh, like like we were we were we were talking to her, trying to talk her down a little bit.
1: You were, and like. I just like I don't it it was more like it wasn't just that like I really really wanted the tickets like I did but it was more that like other people were counting on me to try to get them tickets too so I was like super anxious about it and like I've heard all these horror stories about trying to get k-pop tickets so I was like anxious about that and then anxious because I had to do it at work and like I had to like try to be on two computers at once to try like it was a whole mess and I completely like talked about it on the on the podcast
0: and it's I I I that I I haven't listened to that, so I cannot wait to hear that on y'all's. Um, so so like with that one, like they sold out before you got them, right? Like it was crazy fast, right?
1: It was they didn't cap it at presale, so like how many tickets people could have at presale. So they actually added additional tickets in the middle of presale because they're like, oh, it's been super popular for presale, and I was like, oh, this is not gonna like go well
0: no that's not going well at all it
1: was the the website crashed like their servers crashed and then by the time they came back up the show was completely sold out and like everyone on twitter on the same thread were like oh well did you get tickets no i didn't get tickets did you and there was like hundreds of people that were like no we didn't nobody got tickets so the show was basically sold out at pre-sale they just didn't tell anybody
0: that's that's garbage that is i mean that is
1: it was just frustrating because it was like the people that were that put together the show like it's not the band like we're not mad at the band. It is not their fault. They had zero like uh, they did not have their hand in any of that part. It's the like the the ticket sellers for the venue and then the people who like are who got the show to be put on did not do it well. I don't think and they, that is like anticipated how popular this band would be in the United States. Because they trained here, so it's like, like, and they're only been, they had only debuted like a hundred days ago, so it was like insane how popular they are and already coming to the United States at such a young, like, like their band is so young.
0: And selling out like that, that they just didn't anticipate it. So maybe the next one will actually go well and you'll be able to grab them.
1: Oh, I'm hoping, hoping against hope that they go to KCON. Which is the Korean pop, like the Korean pop and drama convention that they do here in August, and they like have that, bands come and perform. And I'm like, I'm hoping they're there. So like, I'm, is
0: that near you? Is that uh, going to be SoCal? Oh,
1: ho- oh yeah, that's at the LA. Is okay. it the LA Convention Center? I'm all over it. I already told my friend. Oh, I was like, man. I'm going. <laughs>
0: Man, the idea for me being, uh, being from the South and the way that we have our convention centers and stuff like that, uh, like they can get crazy huge. Like we can get, you know, 20,000 people, all this, but the idea of the LA convention center just gives me the heebie jeebies. Just even thinking about that many people, like I can't even imagine what cake on would be
1: um it was actually like they were telling me my friends went last year and they said it actually wasn't that bad that it wasn't anywhere near the size of like say anime expo which i went to which was insane and i'm going to san diego comic-con this year which draws like 150,000 people into the same mm-hmm. building and i'm just like i'm already anxious about like how many people are going to be there but i already got tickets yeah. and that's the first step
0: yeah, I've I've always wanted to do Comic-Con and well, I've always wanted to do Comic-Con in theory, I guess I should say. It's <laughs> like in in reality, I'm not sure if I would enjoy a single second of it, but if given the opportunity to go, I'm sure I would, Mm -hmm. but I also like, I don't, I don't know if I want that, but I've always heard people have a great time regardless. I mean, even if you have a miserable experience there, you're going to have fun having that miserable experience.
1: It's, it's about what you want to do. If you're about panels, then it's just going to be a whole lot of you sleeping on the ground and waiting in line. And I'm not about that. Like I'm too old to be sleeping outside on the floor. So I'm not even concerned about going to panels. Like I just want to spend my money on crap I don't need. That's what I want. Yeah. To do. I understand that. And I get to hang out with Steph, who's a podca- who's a listener of the network shows. So like I've never met her before. So I get to meet her in person. And then I get to hang out with Joe from Geek Geek2Geek- to Geek, the Geek to Two podcast. So like I get to hang out with like these people that I just like adore. So it's going to be a great experience. I- yeah. I
0: regardless, know. it's going to be fun. I mean, I guess that's a good place to really stop the main discussion. It's just like, Uh that's the entire point of pop culture. What you just said, getting to hang out with people you adore, that is why pop culture, more than anything else, all of this, the last 57 minutes and 36 seconds of this, have been, I mean, that's why. Uh That is why we do this. So, you guys, I want to offer you uh, a wonderful, wonderful experience. Now we're going to get into the geeky offer of the week uh, where we have a Patreon for the geek to geek podcast at patreon.com slash geek to geek cast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can go there and become a patron saint of geekery on discord and get your some really cool reddit flare uh and other things are coming in the future and this week i do have a real nice thank you this one goes out to josh real nice thank you to josh katie help me with a real nice thank you
1: thank you josh
0: thanks josh you are a fantastic human being and now network talk this week uh, this past week, Geekitude with Joe Hogan ended up publishing an article, an article, my goodness, a podcast with Capsule J talking about video games. And I have no idea what his upcoming one is. Uh, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea is going to be...
1: What is it, Katie? It is about uh, Dumplin', the, next, the Netflix original movie Dumplin'. That's what
0: it is. And tomorrow. Dolly Parton. That's Dolly Parton, right?
1: Uh, It's about, yeah, so there's a bunch of Dolly Parton stuff in it, and it's a cute love story based on a novel. It's great.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was a novel. That's awesome. Yes. That is, that's great. So listen to Tea Time, and you said that comes out tomorrow?
1: Yeah, so it'll be, it's Monday, whatever tomorrow is, 11th, the 11th?
0: okay so two days bef- two days ago when you're listening to this that podcast is out so listen to uh listen to the dumpling dumpling uh you can always catch capsule j streaming on tuesdays at 8 to 11 eastern and sometimes uh on the weekends and troidal power is uh streaming most weeknights sometime after dinner <laughs> so uh the network is fantastic and Give them all some love. Uh, So what have you been geeking out on this week? I mean, we talked about pretty much everything you geek out on in life in general. So for Weekly Geekery, what are you geeking out about right now?
1: Oh, man, I did. I've been I've been super geek for the first time in a long time. I caught up on Roswell, like I mentioned, Roswell, New Mexico. So great. Watch that show. It's on the CW. Um, I watched Supernatural's 300th episode So nuts. And
0: so nuts at 300. I
1: know. And they had a family reunion, and it was literally like one of the best episodes ever because it's something I've been waiting for for 12 years. And it was worth every moment. I cried. It was beautiful.
0: I'm sure I would have cried too. Like, I've seen enough of the show like I've probably seen one season's worth of episodes across all of them up to like season six Mm -hmm. or seven and so it would make me cry oh yeah like I know that if I saw if I saw the 300th episode like that it would make me cry
1: it was it was amazing and I also uh, I went to a concert and I saw Jesse McCartney and it was nice and I will be this current week when does this episode come out third
0: This one will come out Wednesday, Wednesday night at seven.
1: Okay. Well, the day after this show comes out, I will be at spending my Valentine's Day with Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco at a Panic at the Disco show.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I love Panic at the Disco.
1: Me too. So much. It'll be my third show in like six months. So I'm like
0: really excited, man. And see, I've learned recently that I'm not a concert person. My wife and I keep trying, mm-hmm. and we uh we always want to go like we have these high hopes of going to concerts, and <laughs> then we get there, and it's like we're old, and we know it because a we don't like the number of people there b we don't like having to stand up mm-hmm. uh c if it's in an auditorium and we're able to sit down. we're angry at the other people standing up when they should be sitting down, and it's too loud. It's like we just straight up hate it being too loud because we can't hear the music and we paid to hear the music and not an echo. And so we're these grumpy, angry, middle-aged people, even though we're like 35 and 36, just like, oh, I don't want to listen to this loud music. So we decided we're going to start going to the symphony.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's okay. I, I've been a concert person for a very long time. So like I'm trying to hit a goal of 10 concerts this year, and I already have right. five Like. Ticket like concerts awesome. for that. I purchased tickets for so.
0: And my counselor actually is doing that as well. She has a goal of going and seeing a concert every uh once every month that at least once a month, she's going to see a concert she wants to do and treat herself. So I was I'm really I'm really happy when people do stuff like that. It just sounds like torture <laughs> to me. So I'm glad that you enjoy it.
1: I'll enjoy it for you. Beach. Don't worry.
0: Please do. Uh, so is that it is that all you've been doing or i mean that's a lot
1: um i mean i yeah that's and just too much k-pop i'm gonna watch the grammys tonight because bts is presenting an award which is like extremely amazing because it's the first time a k-pop band has been invited to present award at an award at the grammys so it's like a big deal and i'm not gonna miss it
0: no, I don't blame you. I actually wh- that was what got me looking at K-pop stuff before we started uh, recording today. And while I doubt I'll watch it live, we may pop in and out like looking at it. Uh, I am absolutely going to watch the K-pop, uh, the BTS, pr- uh, not production uh, presentation, uh, Sorry,
1: presentation,
0: presentation and uh, performance performance. I don't the know word. if
1: they're performing. Uh- I don't know. Oh, are they not? I, oh, I was I, hoping they would perform. I hope so too, but you can look up they have tons of performances. You should look up I'm going to send you a video off pop. Yeah,
0: send me a video. I want to see I want to see a good BTS video cuz I have no idea where to start.
1: Okay, I'm going to send you a video. So, uh,
0: don't worry. So for my geekery, I'm going to be watching some BTS videos and seeing about that. Um I am all in on Persona 5 again. I beat Kingdom Hearts 3. I've stepped back from it. Uh, do you I can't honestly remember. Do you play a lot of games or any at this point?
1: So I, like, did this thing where I was, like, going to try and, like, get into video games because my friend let me borrow their uh, Nintendo Switch, and I was playing Zelda. Right, right, yeah. And then he took it back, and I also hadn't been playing it, so I'm sort of in this, like, back to not playing video games anymore thing.
0: You should you should get a switch that if you spend too much money on stuff, you should spend too much money on a switch. Like they're, I know they're good things. Like if video games aren't your thing, that's one thing. Um, but this week I went back into persona five. I don't know if you know a lot about the, uh, that series, but you may have heard us talking about it. It's like void's favorite video game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, finally got back into it like the story has grabbed me and i keep trying to get austin to play it and he keeps starting and stopping Uh, he doesn't like the social part of it and uh, i actually really like just making the relationships between characters so i'm super excited to get back into it Um, i've tried the first two though and uh they are very much playstation one games from the 90s and they're (laughs) rough like they are i like retro games but those are uh Ooh, boy, those are rough. <laughs> and I started watching Grace and Frankie. Have you seen Grace and Frankie?
1: I have not. It's on Netflix, though.
0: Okay, you have? I
1: have not. I have not seen it. Oh,
0: you have not? Yeah. Oh, that cut out on me. Uh, it's so good. You will love it. Like, this is a show that just based on what I know that you like around uh, pop culture and TV and Gilmore Girls, all of this, you will love grace and frankie uh uh, lily tomlin and and jane fonda are brilliant nice. these ladies the casting the everything about this show the writing it is perfect that i i started watching it it was one of those when i had a lunch break kind of uh watching a TV show or when I finished up work, I just go crash on the couch and start it. I told my wife that I did and she was like, I want to watch it too. So we have I've rewatched the first season now and uh, it's so good. Like it is good even on rewatch and still super funny. I cannot recommend Grace and Frankie on Netflix enough. Nice. Um, but that's pretty much been me since I actually rewatched. I watched the first season of Grace and Frankie twice this week. So all right so that'll be it for geekery i guess uh katie that is the end of the episode thank you for being here i really appreciate you filling in for void while he's been having life attacking
1: thank you for letting me i've always wanted to be on the show to be honest
0: (laughs) and so unfortunately had to do it with me and not void where he has a much better time at hosting than i do um So I apologize about that. You have to come on and actually get on when he is there uh, to be able to lead through and do good edits on you. Um, (laughs) He makes us all sound better. Um, So where can people find you? Like they like, listen to this. They want to hear you talk about stuff. They want to talk about pop culture with you. Where can they find you around the internet?
1: So they can either check out the podcast. So we're kind of available anywhere you download podcasts. So tea time with Katie and Chelsea, you can check out our website, which is, tea time with kc.com uh we're also all on all of the social medias at at tea time with kc and then if you want to personally follow me and get tired of me retweeting stuff about k-pop or politics or other things cat videos i also retweet cat videos which is (laughs) you can follow me on twitter at lady Catherine p so you can do that if you want
0: all right do that Uh, the cat videos are Absolutely wonderful. Uh I'm right there with you. Mine's dog videos generally though, but that's just because I follow more dog pages than I do cat <laughs> pages on Twitter. So <laughs> uh with that said, um you can read you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have discussions on Slack and Discord where you can hang out with us there. Uh, and you can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And you can check out all the other shows on the podcast. Uh, if you want to just talk with me, you can find me at Professor Beej. That's Beach with two E's. And I will blog occasionally at geekfitness.net. So that'll do it for this week, guys, with your geek to geek podcast. Uh, say goodbye, Chelsea. Not Chelsea, you're Katie. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Bye, Chelsea. Bye, Chelsea. I hope you're having a good day, Chelsea. Bye. Uh-